could July 2023 be one of the biggest months ever when it comes to Alabama recruiting? Jimmy and I think so. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, July is going to get kicked off with a bang, we believe, and it's going to continue to bang way past the 4th into the 5th and 6th and on into the 20s, and maybe July, I think, goes up to 31. I got to do the knuckle there. You go January, February, March, April, June. Yeah, yeah, July's 31. Um, So tomorrow, Jameer Grimsley will be making an announcement. He has gone on Instagram Live and said, tomorrow I'm going to make an announcement. And uh, we think that'll probably be Alabama. So there's one down. We know you've got uh, Daniel Calhoun is apparently going to commit in July now. We think going Georgia. Huh? Going there. Going okay. Georgia. Well, I mean, just it's possible Georgia is racking up some offensive line. I mean, you got to just tip your cap to them. They're they're racking up. There's not a lot of premium offensive tackles in this cycle nationally, but the ones that are out there all seem to want to play for Georgia. To be honest. Uh, uh, you know, I, I was hoping that by landing Michael Uini, by landing uh, Easley, uh, I think they got another kid. And, and I'm like, man, maybe they won't take Calhoun. But maybe Calhoun's like, I'm not going into that crowded room. But, uh, yeah, that's what it looks like to me from here. All right. So, well, Unini is going to be committing tonight. We, we think that's going to be George, even though there's some people out there like, he's not letting anybody know. Um, he just happens to have this big G shirt ordered for some apparent reason. We think it means for being good. Um, then uh, let's see. You've got Daniel Cahoon. We talked about him. You, yep. you think it'd be Georgia? That's fine. Casey Poe. Guessing Georgia. Guessing UNE to Georgia. Guessing Cahoon to Georgia. I'm not. Okay. Uh, I'm not super optimistic, but it is possible because we're in the top two or three for both. But I'm going Georgia there. Got Casey Poe. Got Caleb Odom. Um, who else in July? I mean, it's going to be a big month, I think. Now, yeah, uh, again, Mark, obviously, you don't think Alabama will get all of them. That's fine. But I think if you end up with Casey Poe, Caleb Odom, uh, Grimsley, Grimsley, there's some other dudes that are going to commit DeMar- in July, too. Demarcus Riddick. Uh, Demarcus Riddick. He's going to be July, and uh, he will. We are predicting uh, that he will flip from Georgia to Alabama. Now, he's going to commit, I believe, somewhere around July 26th off the top of my head. Uh, so that's a long time. Uh, I'll tell you, he's making a big run at Riddick. And, and if, if he doesn't flip to Alabama, uh, I don't predict he sticks with Georgia. I think he flips to Auburn. Uh, I, I'm not so sure Georgia is a third here for, uh, for DeMarcus Riddick, who's the top linebacker in the state of Alabama, Chilton County, uh, high priority for Alabama. I, I think it's going to be Alabama. That's my, my, what, what I'm thinking now. I'm just saying that's, you know, four weeks away. A lot can happen. Auburn is the team that's kind of the gainer here. But uh, they're doing a good job with them. And obviously, they're they're selling playing time, obviously, to all these kids that are, uh, you know, super elite prospects. I mean, that's what Auburn has to offer is a, an easier path to the starting lineup. Uh, and, and, of course, Alabama offers uh, uh, a, a proven, uh, a proven uh, a system that gets players to the NFL. Uh, so anyway, Riddick is July. Casey Poe is July. Again, we're thinking Alabama there. Caleb Odom is July. Thinking Alabama there. 
there could be others. Daniel Hill, uh, the running back from Meridian, I think will be making a decision fairly soon. I'm telling you that's tight. Again, it's a playing time thing. Uh, what we're saying at BOL is Daniel Hill's family would very much like to see him in Tuscaloosa, uh, but, but the kid is making the decision here, not the family. It's up to him. And uh, he's intrigued by being the guy at South Carolina where, where he could possibly even be a starting running back as a freshman where at Alabama, I think we all know to some extent at that position, you got to get in line. Uh, and he's just one class behind just the things with Richard Young, which South Carolina is understandably pounding him over the head with. So, uh, but, but he's a guy that could uh, make a decision. We might also get, how about this, Luke? I'm sure people will be excited to hear this. I think in July, we might get a emphatic commitment from Perry Thompson one way or the other. Uh, I think instead of the endless trips and the uh, flirting with other programs and the, the, the hanging out in Auburn, uh, I, I think with Perry Thompson, we might find out one way or the other in July. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, William Sanders is almost certain to be a July announcement. We're, we're confident. See, a lot of kids these days, it's a little different than it used to be. And since they make these summer visits, Luke, these kids that make summer visits, they want to be done with recruiting before their high school season starts because their high school season will carry all the way up to, to what? Basically December 1st, right? What happens in December? Signing day. You know, so they, they want to kind of be done with recruiting. Again, the recruiting calendar has changed so much over the years. I sort of hate it, but at the same time, you got to, hey, you embrace it or uh, find something else to do with your time. You know, that's interesting. Um, so I was just thinking about this the other day, that it seems like so many kids are, are popping in July or in the summer. Uh, they're taking more official visits in the summer. And my first thought is this is kind of counterintuitive to what we are norm normally see when in terms of that they want to go somewhere where the big game is, the big night game or whatever. Yeah. And, and that still happens. But, you know, I think now kids are like, hey, I usually have to play on Friday and then I might have to hop a plane and get all my family in order. And right now air travel is about as much fun as a trip to a, a, a bad dentist. And you it's just a pain in the butt to get there. So at least this way, I mean, if there's a delay, it's not that big of a deal. You're not leaving at, you know, midnight on a Friday night after your high school game where you might not even have time to shower or whatever. I, I'm saying I see a lot of benefits to taking the visit in the summer. Granted, you don't get the full immersion of what it feels like to play football at school X. But my God, if you can't at this point watch TV and understand what it's like to play and also understand, you know, the environment's great and, and the environment is great. And it, but it's more for the fans, I would think at this point, I mean, we enjoy it, but I mean, the environment's great just about everywhere. You know, I mean, if you're going to, if you're a big time guy, if you're not a big time guy, the environment's going to be mediocre just about everywhere. Now, let me well, go if you do nothing but go to high school games. If you, if you do nothing but go to high school games, the environment at Southern Miss is pretty, pretty cool. Exactly. You know, right. you know, if, that, if that's what your experience is. Now, if you, if you spend your time going to SEC and some Big Ten games, then go to Southern Miss, you might be like, well, that's not cool like Tennessee and Michigan, you know. Let me, let me say this about South Carolina, too. I just pulled them up on on three. They're ranked 12th in the country. Now, they're ranked 12th in the country on on three. But that's – in the SEC, they're behind Georgia, Florida, Bama, 
uh, LSU, and then South Kakalaki. And then Tennessee and A&M are right behind them with Arkansas at 18 and Auburn at 20. So, I mean, there's there's a big grouping there. But they've got 13 commits. Eight of them are four stars. Now, see, for me, South far away observant non-South Carolina fan, I'm just saying – they they're put they got four eight four stars out of thirteen commits that's pretty doggone good so they have something to sell Daniel Hill here now if I'm Daniel Hill I think the choice is pretty easy I mean you, if you go to South Carolina you're probably not going I, I'm going to say definitively not going to the playoffs you know you're not going to be as in, on as many primetime games ex, unless you play Alabama or Georgia and um, you know you you probably not going to play in the SEC title game things like that. But, but if, if I'm the South Carolina coaching staff, that's what I'm selling is we can't do it until we get guys like you. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's been a bit of a pod piper for them. Remember in the last cycle, Nicholas Harbor, oh, yeah. or five-star plus, you know, five-star plus type guy who turned down every program in the country, including Alabama. Uh, What's the male equivalent of Xena, the warrior princess? That's what he, Conan the Barbarian, that's what he looks like. (laughs) He's something else. And I I think that has sort of helped push South Carolina into a different stratosphere in terms of recruiting. And and I think he's been a bit of a Pied Piper there. I mean, in terms of like, hey, South Carolina is a cool place to go now. Nicholas Harbor will go there. Why why not anyone? And then, then they have all that momentum, that late season momentum since the Rattler decides to stay. I mean, how often does South Carolina go into the season with the top 10 or 15 quarterback in the country? Um, and, and now, you know, you got Harbor and some other cool kids. And Shane Beamer is so likable. Yeah, you know? So, so they, they've, uh, they've got some, some, you know, what they're selling Daniel Hill makes a lot of sense. Uh, but what Alabama's selling Daniel Hill, you know, Alabama's a pretty good spot for running backs. That's why it's so crowded. And that's what, what we're selling him on. I, I, I would predict today, Luke, I think Daniel Hill will go to Alabama. I, I do. That's my uh, prediction today. I just won't be shocked if he chooses South Carolina and understand why if he does. Um, if I'm Alabama and while South Carolina is touting all those other things and, and they're talking about Nicholas Harbor being a Pied Piper, uh, if I'm Alabama, I'm going, they already have a Daniel Hill in Nicholas Harbor. I mean, you kind of are Nicholas Harbor. Now, you don't have quite as many track accolades, and you probably aren't as built as he is because he's as built as, you know, Stretch Armstrong. But I'm saying you can can say they've already got you, and we need you. So uh, let's talk about – let's talk about bird dogs because, you know, we love bird dogs. I'm about to go to the beach, and I made sure – I'm not teasing. Like, those are the first two things I put in my suitcase – my two bird dog shorts. I'm going to get some more bird dog stuff. I just haven't had time, but I'm going to. And I should. It's a really a terrible excuse because it's so easy to go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, birddogs.com slash locked on college. And you go there and stuff is uh, just easily as good as Lululemon, if not better. And it's less expensive and it sculpts your body. You look so good in these things. Um, so go check them out. They make Jimmy and me look good, which is very difficult birddogs.com slash locked on college. Get that free Yeti style cooler. You're going to love these things. I promise you, we've had a lot of people in the comments say they've gone and gotten their bird dogs and we appreciate them a ton. Thank you so much for doing so. Thank my daughter for calling me in the middle of this live read. I wish she quit doing that. She's so excited about this Taylor Swift concert she's going to tonight. Should have got her some bird dogs so she can wear and advertise for us or a locked on t-shirt. Where is the Taylor show tonight? Where is Taylor? Cincinnati, Ohio. At the Bengals, the Bengals Stadium? 
Uh, I think it's a no. It, I think it must be at the Bengal Stadium because it's not the red. The Reds are playing in Cincinnati. Okay, so must be the Bengal Stadium. Yeah, she don't play the local singer theater, you know. No, and um, she uh is funny. My, so my daughter and her friend Asia, they were trying to get tickets to Taylor Swift for a while, and they were on that. You know, there was this big email thing with Ticketmaster and they screwed everything up. Well, Aisha's dad was one of the ones who was like lucky enough to get another email from Chase about, okay, we screwed up. Here's another opportunity for you to get tickets. And it was like two tickets for a grand total of $600 and like really, really, really good seats. She could sell those tickets for probably $2,500 each. And I'm like, just $300 a piece for Taylor Swift? Yeah. That's like a giveaway. I know. And I said, um, if it were up to daddy, daddy would sell those. And then that would pay for at least a little bit of your college. Um, but whatever. So, Jimmy, let's talk about Jamarian Latham. Uh, Jamarian Latham from Re- Reform, Alabama or Reform, Alabama, depends on which way you want to go there. Uh, he's about 6'3", 6'4", 290 pounds, I'd say, plus or minus number 93. You number one in your heart. Um, class of 2020 guy. Well, it's 2023, so it. I mean, it's. I know he's played some, um, obviously. I mean, I got an action shot of him right here, but I think it's time we see a little bit more as to, out of uh, Mr. Jamarian Latham. Now, it should be noted he comes from Pickens County, uh, a lower classification school in the state of Alabama, and sometimes it takes those guys a little bit longer to get uh, in the rotation a little more steadily. So. I think this is going to be a good year for Latham, though. I think he can have a, a, a really nice year for the University of Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, I think Jameer and Latham is in the first-team rotation at defensive line, not necessarily a starter, but a guy that's going to play frequently with the first-team rotate in. Uh, he's one of our better interior pass rushers. Something we need to improve on is getting a better pass rush from the interior group on the defensive line. One thing that's interesting about Latham is eligibility-wise, Luke, you mentioned he's part of the 2020 class. He also redshirted, so even though it seems like Latham's been here for a long time, and he has, we're going into year four here. This is year four of him being on the roster, yet with the COVID year, assuming he elects to take the COVID year, and and most kids in his situation do, and the redshirt year, Jamarian Latham, in essence, is really a redshirt sophomore this fall, which is nuts because he's been here for so long, but that's what the COVID year and a redshirt year uh, will do for you. But so, so Latham could be around a bit longer, which is great for him because, like you said, he came from a 1A school. Alabama just doesn't sign too many kids from 1A high school. So it t- it's taken him a while to catch up to the speed of the SEC, makes all the sense in the world. And uh, I-, I think we're going to see him quite a bit. Uh, is he one of the front line players, one of the best defensive linemen? No, but Alabama, ideally, Luke, would like to play about six, maybe even seven defensive linemen that you can rotate in to keep the best players fresh late in the game. And Latham's one of these guys that's going to rotate in. Again, one of our better interior pass rushers is a little lighter than some of the other defensive linemen. That helps them with the speed and quickness. Good motor. Great kid, by the way. Uh, just a super, super dude. And uh, good to have him on the team. Good player. Uh, probably, let's be honest, probably never will be a great player or a top-of-the-line NFL prospect but he is a very solid SEC defensive lineman. And like I said, one of our better interior pass rushers. Yeah. I mean, he's not Marcel Darius. So, so sue him. I mean, I mean, it's fine. He's, he's good. He's, he's a very solid. Player. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, 
you put Jamarian Latham on any other SEC team not named Alabama or Georgia or perhaps LSU, and he's a starter. Oh, I maybe I'll throw A&M out there, but I think everybody else, he's a starter. I don't think there's any doubt. I would say that's absolutely true. Some place, even a good place like Auburn, South Carolina, uh, Ole Miss, man, that would be somebody Pete Golding would love to take him with him, you know, to Oxford. He, he would be a significant player there at the line of scrimmage. And, again, good player, a solid SEC defensive lineman, just probably short of a guy that's going to be taken, you know, uh, you know, high in the draft anyway. I'm sure he'll get a shot at pro football down the road. But, again, with his age, it's, it's what's unique here, Luke. I mean, he comes from a 1A school. It's going to take him a hot minute, right? But uh, but he gets the COVID year in 2020. Then he redshirts in 2021. Last year was literally his redshirt freshman season. Now he's going into year four. He's a sophomore. You think Pete Golding, like when he listens to this podcast, he goes, you mean I get to ruin another Alabama defensive player? Yes, sir. <laughs> Kind of, you know, now that you mention it, it, you know, one thing that's a little notable and it's a little surprise because I happen to know Golding has a good relationship or had a good relationship with most of the players on defense. They liked him. But you know what? Uh, there's a lot of playing time at Ole Miss and a lot of our players hit the portal. A lot of them did. None of them went to Oxford. Yeah, that's a good point. That's pretty interesting. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the next guy on your list, which is none other than transfer quarterback Tyler Buck. And we're back. Tyler Buckner, he uh, flies in from Notre Dame. There he is, seen here, throwing a pick six to South Carolina. I'm just kidding. Um, but Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame, a lot of people pitch him in as the starter. Some people – I'll tell you what, there's a lot of momentum online from message boards, and this may just be total wishful thinking, but there's a lot of momentum on message boards and social media about people saying, you know what, I think it's going to be Jalen Milrow. I'm just rolling with – I'm team Milrow, and by God, you're not changing my mind until Tyler Buckner or Ty Simpson gets out there. Um, it's kind of funny. Jalen is going up against two dudes essentially named Ty. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, Tyler Buckner, a lot of potential. I don't think anybody denies that. Um, I am very much in the camp of I'm going – I got to see it. I got to see something. I'm not calling him the starter. I promise you I'm not. I know this. I know that – Tommy Reese apparently likes him. I mean, he was at Notre Dame, and we bring him in. Um, I know Nick Saban obviously either likes him or trusts Tommy Reese that much. Or Nick Saban is scared to death of the two quarterbacks or four quarterbacks we have on the roster, whatever it is. So there is reason to believe that Tyler Buckner will be the starter. I'm just not going to buy it. I'm not saying I'm necessarily Team Milrow yet. I'm, I'm sort of up in the air about all of it. But – um, I, I could see Tyler Buckner being our quarterback, and uh, there are going to be some people that will be thrilled, and there will be some people that are angry. Well, I just want the best player to, to win the job, and let's admit, or I'll certainly admit, that the best player may be Tyler Buckner. Uh, it, it could be. I mean, I've, you know, I have him ranked here around, you know, 46 or so on the, on the rankings as the 46th best player on the roster. And, and the first thing I want to admit here is if Tyler Buckner wins the starting quarterback job and plays well, and I think whoever wins the job is a guy that's going to be playing well, there, there's, there's too many candidates, right? I mean, the odds that someone's going to end up being the quarterback because they're just the lesser of all the evils, I, I, I don't buy that. I, I think whoever wins the job is a guy that's going to be playing pretty well. Uh, and that might be Buckner. And if so, I, I have drastically – underrated him because the Alabama starting quarterback should not be 44, 45, 
on, on the on the rankings list. So he could win the job. Uh, we have to remember a few things about Buckner. On uh, you know that that sound good. Number one, he was a top ten quarterback nationally when he uh, when he signed with Notre Dame. He was again ranked tenth uh, in the on three composite, uh, the industry ranking, uh, right about uh, the spot where Milrow was ranked. Frankly, uh, he goes to Notre Dame and is so good he plays significantly as a true freshman. Doesn't start, but he played quite a bit in year one and went into year two the starter. I mean, that, that's impressive at Notre Dame. They do sign good players there every year. Uh, he's been in one of these QB competitions before against Drew Pine. He won the spot. Uh, he gets he hurt in game two, misses the entirety of the season, comes back for the bowl game, beats a hot South Carolina team, and he's the MVP of the bowl game. Uh, he's smart. He's super athletic. He's sort of an RPO wizard. And uh, in the end, Tommy Reese, uh, you know, saw Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson practice 15 times. And let's have this hypothetical conversation, but it's pretty easy to imagine this happened after watching Simpson and Milrow practice 15 times. Nick Saban said, what do you think? And Tommy Reese said, I think I want to go get my kid that I left at Notre Dame. So when you add all that up, it is not crazy to think that Tyler Buckner is going to be Alabama's starting quarterback. Now, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't. I think Ty Simpson's going to be the quarterback. I've said that since December, uh, and I'm st- I'm standing by that. And if I'm wrong, I think Milrow will be the quarterback. So I, I rank Buckner third, which is why he's down here on my list. But I absolutely do not rule out the idea that Tyler Buckner will be Alabama's starting quarterback. I think it's very possible. I just – that just cracked me up like – I can see Nick Saban going over. Okay, so Tommy, what do you think about this quarterback race? It's a tight one. I think we're going to need a bigger boat, is what Tommy Reese <laughs> said. <laughs> Famous Jaws quote. But uh, yeah, it's uh, whew. Uh, look, the, I, I am going to push back on a little something you said, uh, not because I dislike you. That is totally separate from this. Um, I do dislike you. I just it has nothing to do with this. Uh, no. You said he's an RPO wizard, and and my question would be to you: How do you know? Oh right. Well, uh, in terms of why he he played as a freshman when he came in as a freshman, it was in what amounted to that package. Uh, he is really athletic. I mean, he's he's faster than Simpson. Even I mean, Ty oh. Simpson is a really athletic quarterback. Butler's faster than even Ty Simpson. He can run. Uh, he's also very smart. He's kind of a guy that's going to make pretty good decisions in the RPO game and and Tommy Reese ran a bunch of it at Notre Dame it's really I think ultimately why Tommy Reese beat out Drew Pine for the starting job a year ago is they could hang their hat on on Buckner doing well in the RPO game and 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 that's why he won the job Uh, and Alabama wants to do that stuff this fall and that was a plan before Buckner ever got here was hey let's bring the RPO back we were running RPOs under Bryce but it was just totally different. It was a run-pass option, but the option was, is Bryce going to hand it to the back or is Bryce going to throw it? The RPOs going forward under Buckner, Simpson, or Milrow at Alabama is going to be more of the old wishbone in in the sense that is the quarterback going to hand it off or is the quarterback going to keep it or is the quarterback going to throw it? Almost a third option that we never really have a Bryce because Bryce just wasn't going to run the football. Uh, that the, the true RPO is coming back, and Buckner has a lot of experience running it the way Reese wants it run. So it's one more reason Buckner might be the guy. I, 
I absolutely don't rule it out. But again, I want to reiterate, I don't think so. If y'all are like, hey, what, what does Jimmy think the quarterback's going to be? My answer is Ty Simpson. Uh, and if I'm wrong, it's Jalen Milrow. But hey, I, I, I don't rule out Buckner at all. All right, that's going to do it for today. We hope to be back tomorrow, maybe just like an emergency one-segment pod about a possible commitment tomorrow night. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.